right, welcome to our Bags, Bacon and Beyond podcast series. Um, and today, uh, this podcast is brought to you by QED. And in a world of increasing change and disruption, it's important to have solutions that can help you not just survive, but thrive. Learn more about QED's adaptive applications on QED.com. My name is Asir Borges, VP of Packaging. I'm Steve Dombrowski, Director of Consumer and Food and Beverage Markets at QED. Asir, how are you, my friend? Pretty good. Thank you, Steve. Still sleeping in the office, a.k.a. working from home. There you go. <laughs> All right. Today, Steve and I will be talking about digitization and apply that to uh, packaging and food and beverage markets. Primarily, Steve, um, it's all about integration, connectivity, visibility, and adaptability. I don't know about your segment, but in packaging, a lot of companies, they still have um, silos and standalone departments, functions, and even equipment. So in today's world, to get the real efficiencies and to survive all the disruptions, the whole idea is to have everything integrated, connected, uh, so to give the visibility and the adaptability. What's your take on that? Well, food and beverage manufacturers specifically, actually historically, they're one of the last few to really embrace you know, new and modern technology in terms of communications, computer systems, those type of things. They are all for optimizing their supply chains in terms of their manufacturing processes and increasing throughput and having the state-of-the-art machineries to produce their foods. But certain things like connectivity it, it is one area where they're kind of lacking. However, they are realizing, especially in the current market situation, that they need to be integrated and connected better to their customers, but also their suppliers. And that's where, you know, that crossover between the vertical you work with and the vertical I work with match up because with so many things changing, they need to be connected to their packaging suppliers because so many things are changing. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and it's the same thing, you know, from my sides, you know, the, at the end of the day, what we need to do is to move from the current, you know, disconnected world, manual work, spreadsheets, uh, different IT systems and <clears throat> significant gaps that all of these lead to inflexibility, data inconsistency, uh, duplicated work, failures and unstable processes, and it goes on and on. And, um, and at the end, uh, they need to be, you know, to in the new world, which is connected, shared data, uh, improving, you know, the, the value in the in the entire chain, um, not just uh, uh, in production, but also supply chain, as you well said, uh, maintenance, uh, sales, of course. All the departments in the company need to, to come together as a true team. That's a very good point. And, you know, you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago the word silos, and there's multiple silos. Silos, I think, because I think there's different layers. Uh, you can lay it out horizontally and vertically at the same time. I mean, you have silos between the actual supply chain itself, between customers, manufacturers, and suppliers. But you also have internal uh, silos with departments. Um, and a given department can get into a routine with their own specific activities that they don't communicate with the other ones. Um, in my past lives, I've had issues where 
communication that wasn't completely clear with purchasing people would result in purchasing either too much or too little of ingredients. And same thing with other areas of the company. You mentioned maintenance, those type of things. So I think depending on the level, whether you're looking at a strategic, a tactical execution level, those silos could be large or small. And again, it's that whole connectivity that we need to remember is extremely important, whether it's within your organization or with your trading partners. Yeah, <clears throat> that's that's the same thing here. One of the, uh, the things, Steve, and now changing gears a little bit is everyone talks about uh, and talks a lot about it, uh, about, you know, analytics, big data. And and this, uh, you know, at the end of the day, brings like a big hype on that. But at the end, let's talk a little bit about that. And this is uh, what we really call digging for the digital gold. Uh, people think about analytics as being just Google related or Microsoft, these huge companies um, that can just them can use this, which is not true because at the end of the day, every single company within their four walls, they have a huge amount of data and they don't even know. And one of the things that they all need to do is to, to start getting the advantage of these uh, these analytics. And the first thing for that is to introduce the concept of a, a data lake. A data lake, um, and this is something that eventually I, we discussed this before, you have some good definitions and, um, and I like your definition better than mine. <laughs> so go ahead, Steve. Well, at, what's interesting about data lake, I think what it, 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 it simplifies that whole data concept. Everybody thinks a database, but if you think about it, sometimes navigating through databases are difficult. And again, I'm going to take everything back in, into my world. In an industry where there are people doing multiple jobs, time is of the essence, uh, profits are key because it's a low margin business, you need to get things done quickly. And even navigating through certain databases that are out, out there or the ones that originated, it's, it's very difficult to do. So it's all about simplicity. And a lot of these people in these food and beverage manufacturers, they don't want to be uh, systems experts. That's the last thing they want to be. They want to be artisans of the food products they make and get their product to the customers and then the consumers. So what a data lake is, a data lake does, it's these pockets of information that they can find specific information quickly rather than necessarily looking at a huge database. It's like where I live in Michigan. I could swim in the big lake of Michigan, but just like Minnesota, we have 10,000 lakes ourselves. So I can go in a little one and and look for the right specific fish I want to catch for that day. And that's pretty much what a data lake is, in my opinion, and where I think it fits well for our industries. Because again, we're looking for quick uh, and simplification of information. And a data lake, it, it does it a little better, I think, than those big, massive databases. Yeah. So in, in other words, it's a huge um, database that basically you can store everything there, but at the same time, it makes it easier for you to retrieve and not only retrieve data, but analyze data from multiple departments, from multiple things, and then applying some analytics uh, within your four walls, you can, uh, you know, basically fish for some um, 
interactions between these pieces of data that are in principle disconnected and all of a sudden you find that they are not so disconnected. For instance, in maintenance that we, we're going to talk about, if uh, the system is fed properly, you can calculate the mean time between failures um, every time that a, a certain bearing goes bad. And with that, you and after getting some information and some patterns, you can identify, say, hey, this this bearing or it's about to, to get bad. And so now you're moving to predictive maintenance, which is one of the things we're going to be talking about. That's one of the good things I see about data lakes. I agree. I think I think it's, it's just very easy to navigate through information in a data lake, probably why it's called the data lake and not a data ocean, because it's, again, it's, 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 it's easier to navigate and find the data that you need when you need it. Um, and it keeps uh, a lot of peripheral work that you might not have the time to do um, out of the way. And I, I think it, it all goes back to making people's uh, jobs and tasks efficient. And that's a critical uh, in the food and beverage industry when the bottom line is you're dealing with shelf lives and getting product to the customer at the right place at the right time and communicating with people and you want to get the information when you need it and have it ready to go. So I think it's a, it's a very important tool today. Yeah, absolutely. And continuing with, uh, with the digging for digital gold today in every single um, department, you could have uh, modules of your ERP system that could um, really help in a lot of different functions. For instance, uh, asset management and maintenance. As I said, you can basically put everything that you have, all the equipment, uh, everything there, including the spare parts or, or basically consumables, so that at the end you you can manage or a company can effectively manage you know the assets and uh, and the maintenance for each one of them there are plenty of um, some automated or or analytics to give uh, planning uh, tools uh, so that supply chain managers can better um, you know forecast their demands operations can create the real workflows and in a more collaborative uh, shop floor um, finance uh, can be a whole lot more integrated and can have visibility ab about costs and about payables, about receivables, about everything that goes in the company. Uh, and sales can basically monitor everything in production so that when they have to respond to uh, to their customers, they respond with uh, with real in, you know real time information and uh, give a much better quality answer and the, the the list goes on and on quality today quality we we can talk about quality in a few minutes but what do you think steve well these are interesting points you bring up and one thing i think that needs to kind of be mentioned is every one of these categories existed prior to any sorts of advancement in technology. What technology now does is, again, it allows quick access and communication between these groups that used to be disconnected. And going back to the data lake, again, somebody might need some information about asset management, uh, such as a downtime or a planned maintenance downtime if I'm a production planner. But I don't need to know all the intricate details of a specific machine. And same with finance. I may be looking for a specific 
purchase price of a raw material, but not have to go through the entire item master. And technology and connectivity and digitization today allows me to do that quickly and easily to get what I need for my job rather than in the old days. And you and I both experienced this in our careers, sifting through reams and reams of paper documents and printouts of old-fashioned systems that we had to sift through to get our data. We now have the ability to interact and link all these different functions together. If you need one piece of information, you can get it quickly and I can get something else, but we can communicate together. True. And the same thing, as I said earlier um, about quality. Quality is, is such a big issue in every single company. And quality, I describe quality today, uh, I compare it to a driver's license. And today, I think the days of having poor quality and good quality, I think those days are gone because these days it's more about having um, quality level that your customers accept. And that's why I say it's uh, comparable to a driver's license because you either have it and are, are able to drive on the highways or conversely, if you don't have the quality, you're, you're not, you're going to lose your business because some, you know, your business is going to move somewhere else. So at the end of the day, when it comes to quality, the whole challenge is how you get there and how much you're going to spend in getting it right the first time. What a lot of people don't really realize is how much it costs for a company to rework or to scrap things or to control things that could be better designed in a way to avoid problems in the first place. Also, the whole thing about changing uh, specs and communicating the specs to production procedures and all of these uh, that a good digitally integrated quality system can incorporate and can help a lot in tracking all those costs, tracking all the compliance, tracking everything, uh, raw materials, batch numbers, and all the all these things you know across the production uh you know line and spectrum it's interesting you know if you go to the grocery store today or to the market or if you go to your computer because so many sales of online food is growing today um True. people go and they look and they say i can't believe this costs so much money how come this pack of this costs that much or this pack of that costs so much well, with the 35 plus years I've spent in this industry, I go through these markets or the online markets or the physical markets and I say, I can't believe these companies can charge so little. And it goes back to what you just said. In addition to some of the processes and manufacturing steps that it takes to make these products and as complex as some of them are, the whole distribution network and shipping and transportation networks that have to be go through and all the number of touch points that go through, the cost of making sure the products end up with quality, because the last phrase you want to hear as a food manufacturer is this tastes funny. It costs a lot of money not to have people say this tastes funny. And so that's a very good point you bring up. And it's the costs are and those are the things that eat into companies process. So quality is huge. And making sure that, again, communications and integrations is a number one impact on if quality can succeed. Absolutely. And last but not least, in digging for the digital gold, the supply chain. Supply chain these days needs to have vis visibility. And not only needs to have visibility, but also needs 
to give visibility to every single stakeholder. So um, at the end of the day, if something, if you know that a, a, a certain shipment from Asia is already delayed, well, guess what? You have four weeks to tell production and to say, hey, uh, this is what's going to happen in four or six weeks. And with that, eventually you might have some time or might give some time to your planners, your production to primarily give them alternatives to say, hey, what do we do? Um, and conversely, even for salespeople to give to, uh, satisfaction to their customers to whether things are on time or will be delayed and give them uh, some alternatives as well. Because at the end of the day, yeah, everyone can eventually have problems, but not given the satisfaction and not given the information, that's the big deal. Supply chain management today is critical. Uh, I think you're 100% right. It's it's critical to the whole quality process as well, because you, you can equate this to, to normal life situations. If you have more wear and tear on something, it's going to break down quicker. And in your supply chain in today's world in food and beverage, there are the value chain is increased. There's more touch points. There's more pieces to the supply chain. And that increases time. And when that increases time, that depletes shelf life. It also increases the touch points of a product. And the more people that touch a product, the more chances there are for contamination. You, you're a bike rider, right? You ride your bike. Yep. You can ride 20 miles. But if you ride 22 miles, it might be easier than riding 20 miles uphill if you add two miles to your ride so you can take advantage of the downhill, which saves your energy. It's the same concept in supply chain management today as it equates to quality in food and beverage. You want to take that complex supply chain and manage it to where you simplify it, because if you don't, it's going to have a greater impact on quality. True. Absolutely true. <clears throat> which brings me now to the next you know, subject in this and the digitization, which is connecting machines, especially connecting machines to collaborate and to give more information. And this sometimes called IIoT or Industry 4.0, but at the end, of the whole idea here is to get sensors uh, directly or information directly from the machine, from the sensors in these machines, and primarily get those pieces and bits of information, feed the so-called data lake we talked about, so that at the end you can have smart predictions, you can monitor what's going on, you can anticipate your problems, you can improve the performance, um, you can build better supply chains, not only for yourself, but for your customers. And the list goes on and on. But at the end, this is one of those things that everyone talks about. But finally, we I think we've seen some movement in the market. Is that the same for you, Steve? Yes, it, it most certainly is. And, and I'll actually take it one step further. I, w I was asked recently, somebody says to me, you know, where do you see, and especially when you talk about IoT and advanced technologies where where do you see this industry going and and i can't give you a time but i, I joke with people we we have my wife and i have an old, old house and we have the old-fashioned milkman box that's actually built into the house that years ago the milkman would open up the door and put the milk in 
And then I'd come in on the other side and open up my door and take the milk out. There are actually companies working on refrigeration and frozen refrigeration units that are being built into homes now, which are replacing the old fashioned milk carton design. And that's where the companies are delivering your perishable foods. A company comes, they deliver it, they have a code, they put the food in, they can't get into the rest of your house, but they can put the food in. So if you're away, the food doesn't spoil. And these are all attached to smart labels and smart appliances and to your iPhone and your Android. And it triggers when a food is going to go bad and it automatically over orders it for you. And it automatically goes and has the company deliver it. And it goes right into this newfangled unit. And that's all about connected machines. That's all about information being shared between different people, different technologies and different machines that can link the entire supply chain and the entire process of fuel to fork in terms of food, link it all together. It's yeah. amazing and stuff going out there. Yeah, and absolutely. And at the end of the day, remember, packaging is uh, intertwined with uh, food and beverage. So it's a good um, it's a good segue because basically they need to be working together on this. Well, and, without uh, a doubt, you you don't walk you don't walk into a coffee shop and hold out your hands and get a cup of coffee. Oh, uh, absolutely. Then we'd have to have our life sciences friends come into the mix too. <laughs> True. So one of the things that we we talked about, because all of that, uh, and we've been talking in other uh, episodes, the the good thing about the disconnectivity and better maintenance and better uh, all of this, it's they all these efforts at the end they also support sustainability because of uh, a better maintenance leads to less waste uh, leads to less energy uh, being uh, consumed leads to to more to less materials being scrapped and it goes on and on but uh, at the end of the day so it's good for the environment uh, as well so that's another added bonus of all of that. It most certainly is because if you look at some of the topics that are being discussed today in the industries, um, one of the hot topics, even with everything that's been going on with the pandemic, is sustainability. Uh, whether it's from an environmental standpoint, whether it's from a company's social responsibility, um, or to you know saving the sources of food and feeding the world better, such as moving to plant-based type food versus, you know, uh, animal products and those type of things. So there's advancements in technology and there's uh, introductions into other areas that technologies and integration uh, and communication can help. And we're seeing that in the food and beverage industry and, and, and others. Absolutely, Steve. <clears throat> so let's uh, just review. So you can... Uh, um, in terms of final benefits, you can get inventory reduction, better forecasting, uh, better maintenance, um, better direct labor savings uh, by integrating all these things and utilizing all these uh, digital technologies so that people can work better, smarter, and in a more productive way. Well, as somebody who's so connected to the food and beverage industry like myself and and I used to work for companies that produce food. Now I obviously work for QAD. But those are three things right there preaching to the choir because they hit the two major pieces that food and beverage manufacturers are dealing with today in my vertical. Inventory reduction, forecast, better forecast scheduling, labor savings that impacts profits, 
number one, and they all attribute some way, somehow to getting safe and quality food to the manufacturers. And then when you talk about the connection to the packaging industry, that fits too, because they want to minimize costs. They want to minimize production time, but there's they too are part of the food safety supply chain because the last food packaging can contaminate food just as the food itself. So you link these together and you're speaking to the choir, my friend, in terms of what my customers are looking for. That's awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate that. All right. Well, um, it happened again. It went pretty fast. And uh, we reached the end of this episode. I would say stay tuned, guys, because there are more good stuff coming up. And um, we, we should be um, recording the next podcast in another week or so. And that's uh, it's going to be about... OE and we're going to redefine OE for you. Okay, so this podcast was brought to you by QED and again in a world of increasing change and disruption it is important to have solutions that can help you not just survive but also thrive. You can reach us directly uh, either at packaging at qed.com or at info at qed.com and that's it gentlemen and ladies and gentlemen and thank you so much